Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. Recently at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, we talked about cosmetics in a service. And we talked about this hypothetical situation in which a husband says to his wife, uh, in the midst of maybe more difficult economic times, thinking about how to save money, and he notices how much money gets spent on cosmetics, and he says, hey, baby, you don't need to buy those anymore because you look beautiful just the way you are. Well, that's a nice sentiment, right? Um, But the reality is probably the wife wants those cosmetics. And if we're being honest, the husband probably wants them too. And again, not because, oh, cosmetics make someone beautiful, but they can be designed in a way to highlight someone's beauty. And we talked about this because we referenced a verse from our reading today in Titus 2. Titus 2.10 talks about this idea of adorning the doctrine of God our Savior. And that word, therefore, adorn is actually the Greek word from which we get the English word cosmetics from. And that's the idea I want you to get. Our actions should highlight the beauty of the truth of what we believe. Now, the truth of what we believe is beautiful already. Uh, It doesn't need us, but what we can do is highlight the beauty of what we believe. And that really is a thread that runs all throughout Titus chapter 2. And that's really what I want you to notice today. It's there in uh, from the beginning to the end of this chapter. It's right there in the first verse, uh, verse 1, which says, But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Now, this is directly linked to the last verse of Titus 1, which says, They profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. So there we see there is a kind of life, uh, kinds of actions that fit with what we believe and highlight what we believe. Uh, but there are also kinds of actions that that do not fit with what we believe. And maybe there you think of cosmetics. Some cosmetics, they fit really well and they do highlight somebody's beauty. And there's other ways that you can really make someone not look good at all. And that can happen when people, they profess the truth, uh, they claim to know the truth, but they don't live the truth. Uh, That makes the truth look ugly. Again, the truth is not ugly. It is beautiful. But when we claim it and live a different way, it does a great disservice to the truth. And so that's why we start with that contrasting conjunction there at the beginning of verse one, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. And then the rest of the chapter really uh, shows that. Hey, older men, this is how you should live in a way that fits with sound doctrine. Hey, older women, this is how you should live in a way that fits with the truth. And and you should model and train the younger women to live that way. And, And here's some truth for the younger men. And then Titus, here's some things I want from you as a pastor. And then, hey, let me speak to the slave. Here's some things that that you should do. And 
We'll come back to some of that, but he, then he gets to a reason in verse 11. He starts with a keyword for why should older women, older men, younger women, uh, younger men, pastors, slaves, why should we live a certain way? Well, verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. I love this verse um, or this passage because it's one of the verses that clearly show us the gospel, the grace of God is meant to do more than just change our eternal destinies. The gospel and the grace of God is meant to change our lives. Here, it makes clear that the grace of God trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. This change in your life is part of the package when it comes to the gospel. God has brought his grace into this world to save you, to forgive you from your sins, but also to to save you from a destructive way of living and to lead you in a different way. And so I want to make that clear as I often try to do that that is part of the picture. If we if we think that the gospel is only about forgiveness, we're missing a big part of the picture. That, that's a true part of the picture, but it's not all of the picture. And here it makes it clear. The grace of God has appeared and has brought salvation for all people. And it's training us to, to get away from a destructive way of life and to live a new way where we wait for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself. Here's another way to put it. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. He, there's a purpose for which he gave himself to redeem us from lawlessness, that we wouldn't live in a lawless way anymore and to purify a people that are zealous to do what is right. And so now you can see as we go back through the rest of the chapter, uh, if we profess to know the truth, but we continue to live in lawlessness, well, what a disservice that does to the truth. But if we profess to know the truth and then live as people who are zealous for good works, ah, well, then uh, we will highlight the beauty of the truth. So now you can kind of go back to the rest of the chapter and maybe pick, you know, you're in here somewhere. You're either an older man or a younger man, an older woman or a younger woman. Um, maybe you you are in a work relationship that feels like a slave, right? But there's instruction for you. So go back now to the section that really highlights wherever you are and pay special attention to what is said there to you and realize that that is not something, hey, you got to do this just to, to score spiritual points and to be a good Christian. No, this is what you should do to show what God has done in you, that he has redeemed you from lawlessness. And in this way, you can highlight the beauty of the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, in the Old Testament today, we come to the prophet Zephaniah. Now, this is one of those times where I'm enjoying the chronological aspect of our reading, because you'll notice in the first verse of um, Zephaniah, it says that these are the words that came in the day of Josiah. 
Uh, And we've just been reading about Josiah, this good, strong king who really led a movement of revival. But Zephaniah is a message primarily of judgment. And that doesn't uh, stray from what we would expect from a prophet during the time of King Josiah, because even Josiah, as he repented, it made clear, no, judgment is still coming, but I will have mercy on you. And even yesterday, we highlighted the humility of Josiah, how he humbled himself before the Lord. And here in the midst of this message of judgment, remember what we see in chapter two of Zephaniah, chapter two, verse three says, seek the Lord all you humble of the land who do his just commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord. So twice in there, it highlights humility. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land. And then there's to seek righteousness and seek humility. And that's where I think today, because we're doing this in a more chronological order, when we read that verse, Boom, we should think about King Josiah. He clearly is a model of that. He humbled himself and he sought righteousness and he sought humility. And he was hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord because he didn't change the fact that God's wrath was coming on Judah and Jerusalem. But God made clear it's not going to happen in your time. God protected Josiah from that day. So as we read that in Zephaniah, let's consider the example of King Josiah. And also you can note the encouraging words uh, that Zephaniah ends with. And notice that theme throughout the prophets. Oftentimes when we see that mixture, there is judgment, but there is also salvation. We see those words here towards the end, fear not, O Zion, let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. And let that be a a reminder of the message that we have to bring to the world. Yes, we have a message of judgment. Judgment is coming. We are sinners who deserve God's judgment and his judgment will surely come. But we also have a message of hope that for those that seek the Lord, for those that humble themselves, turn from their sin and put their faith in the Savior that God has provided, well, there is great hope and reason to rejoice. There is a God who is mighty to save. So that's the message we have to bring to the world. And Titus would remind us, let's make sure that our lives highlight the beauty of that message by showing that Christ came to redeem us from lawlessness and to create a people that are zealous for good works. So may our lives this this Tuesday highlight the beauty of the doctrine that we believe. May they highlight the beauty of the good news of Jesus Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.